Hello and welcome to the You Matter to Christ podcast. Many of our listeners and guests call this podcast an experience because throughout the variety of extraordinary people we have on the show, you'll hear stories of overcoming trauma, hitting record-breaking business goals, people forgiving the unforgivable, and yes, even miracles that will shock and inspire you. On this show, you'll hear from professional athletes, entrepreneurs, and everyday people from all walks of life. Discover the profound truth that regardless of your background or circumstances, you matter deeply to the creator of the universe. You were made for a purpose, and you matter to Christ. Get ready for inspiring stories, personal testimonies, and uplifting messages that remind us of the unchanging love and grace available to all. And remember this, you matter to Christ. Everybody, Chad Vermeister, and I'm your host of the Living a Better Story podcast. And I've got a really cool guest with me today. He's from the other side of planet Earth from where I'm sitting, uh, which is Denver, Colorado is where I am. And Faz Youssef, Youssef is from uh, India, and I believe close to Calcutta, where I once visited about 15 years ago. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Chad. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, when I did some research on, on you know, our conversation today, it looks like you did a talk at the, was it the World Economic Forum? Uh, uh, no, it was actually at the War- Warwick Economic. <laughs> no worries. It was, it was actually at the Warwick Economic Summit. So uh, it's a funny story how it came about, actually. So I, 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 I was basically there. There was there, there. There. So basically, Warwick Economic Summit has been something that I always looked up to in YouTube videos. So um, you know, you got you got all of these really big speakers from from like you know their various different fields of like economics and like coming over there and world leaders. So um, it happened. That that um, I was able to uh, apply for being one of the student speakers. So basically you have to like put in your name that if you want to be one of the student speakers. And apparently they like my work, what I had done with Dr. Raghuramji Rajan. So uh, Dr. Rag- for, for like context, Dr. Raghuramji Rajan was, uh, was the former, is the former chief economist officer of IMF. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he's been like an RBI governor and right now he's in Chicago. Uh, so basically, I think in 2019, I had this really wonderful opportunity um, in the summer of her, uh, in the summer and summer uh, to uh, intern for HarperCollins. Um, now, uh, I what I didn't know then that it was the same time that Dr. Rajan was releasing his book, uh, Third Pillar. And uh, my manager was really sweet and I would say kind enough to change my life and like you know ask me to okay can you come on this book tour with me and yeah and I I, I I like I traveled like all three cities just you know like just, just trying to get the media set up arranged uh like all the event management marketing publicity um uh press relations all of that and um that actually and I like I, I got to do it with Dr. Agaramji Rajan and like for the like and his book actually went on to become like number one bestseller on Amazon for like, quite a few weeks so we were really happy for that That's- um, so, so yeah, actually, fast forward to this now. Um, they 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 really liked the work, um, and um, 
yeah so they just asked that hey do you do you want to like like speak uh about your experience as like a marketing person and a person who's already like you know done economics honors um uh in uh, at ashoka university um and i also like got to uh talk about some of my own writings uh i got to talk about like how i was able to like write and publish my and even market my like latest book uh midnight sun and uh yeah i i cannot be more grateful to this opportunity um it, it was quite funny uh, to be honest, I actually had signed up for this uh, this this program or this session where Dr. Muhammad Yunus, uh, who's like the like former no, not the former like he, he's he's like a Nobel laureate of uh, in economics. He uh, so basically he had this like training session, and you know people were supposed to go to Bangladesh and like learn about uh, SNGs and Grameen Bank and everything. And I wasn't able to because of the coronavirus. And life like you know life comes a full circle. And at the end of, and like at the start of 2021, I got to speak alongside him, which is crazy. So that's really yeah, it, it, it was surreal in every sense. Well, let's let's do this. I like to go back. Um, a lot of a lot of things in our life, kind of when we're younger, is when we mm -hmm. are most passionate about the world mm -hmm. because you know we haven't been impacted yet by teachers or friends or whatever. And so mm -hmm. it's interesting. I'd love to have you share kind of when you were a child, I, I assume growing up in India, um, what mm. were you passionate about? Like, you know, some of your first memories, what can you think about? Oh, I was, so, so very, in very contrast to what I'm right now, which is like, I, I love speaking. I'm a very outspoken person. I love like socializing. I was a complete introvert person who was really like just scale in his bubble, um, who was very sweet and obedient to his parents. Uh, yeah, my parents miss that version of me now. <laughs> but uh, uh, but nah so so uh yeah it was it was like i i was i i so i so the person that i have always i think i've always loved the most in my world um who happens to be the inspiration of my writing of my first poem uh she was my grandmother and uh, i remember like you know it was her birthday and i wrote this uh, poem which was uh like a little clichely titled uh in my heart from the start at the age of 12 um and uh yeah so she she liked it and that was the moment i so you know like how everybody keeps talking about that hey you know you have this one gift where you know like you realize and then you gotta like monetize on or you, you work on because that's what's going to define you i was never able to find it because I, I always had my hands full in like different things like i loved music i loved movies i loved um a lot of different things, to be honest, but um, I didn't know that, uh, and, and people just appreciated that, okay, your, your writing was good for like a 12 year old, and I was like, oh, okay, um, I might as well just like, you know, keep writing, because it was a very good way to channel my emotions. Uh, the thing about adolescence is that uh, you really don't know where you're going uh, when you're when you're 13 years old. Um, life seems like this whole, you know, everything that's been taught to you, just, just like it scrapes away, like, you're, you're left with all of your like own experiences and mistakes to make and learn from them. And there's like a lot of ambiguity, a lot of complexity, just, just everything that you goes through. And I feel like um, writing was that uh, tool that kept me going and, you know, just like striving into that tunnel where I felt like I didn't know where I was going. So it was that kind of light. Um, it, it really helped me channel my emotions and put it into words better than, and, and you know, just then read it later and then realize, okay, this is what I was feeling because 
emotions can be very deceptive. It's interesting because I, I look at myself as an introvert when I was younger as well. And nowadays, mm-hmm. you know, nobody would ever think or, or know that. Um, yeah. And I even wrote poems. So one of the poems, it was very oh, short. Wow. And my grandmother also inspired me. I remember it was published in a book and it it was simple. It said, the challenge of life you thought you'd won, but without love, life's just begun. (laughs) Whoa. This is, this is, they were really powerful words. And at what age did you write that? I was very young, under 10, I'm sure, probably eight or nine. (laughs) At the age of nine, you were writing this. Uh, I need to, to check out one of some of your like, latest works then. Well, I, I <sighs> did one for my grandfather at his funeral 16 years ago, August mm-hmm. 6, 2005. And, mm-hmm. and that one was kind of fun too. So I just dusted it off um, recently to put it up on, mm-hmm. a, on a different blog and website. So I'll have to share that with you afterwards. Um, after so the webcast, the first you know, thing. Think about when you're like the music and the poetry that was inspired by your grandmother, and now mm-hmm. you're doing economics. I wonder, mm-hmm. is there a what's the commonality, right? How did mm-hmm. how did you go from there to what you're doing now? That's a that's a question that everybody asks me, to be honest. And I have never been able to like, you know, just to, just to explain what I feel, other than just saying that you you, you can have two interests at once and you can have two passions at once in life. You do not have to have the one goal. So for example, uh, writing was never a career for me, even though like, yeah, I, I got to, like I, I had the like the greatest opportunity to get my books published. Uh, first of all, it was never meant to be a book. Uh, the, the story of how my first book came about, it's, it's quite long, but I'll just like sum it up saying that it was unintentional and it was like, I just got an opportunity because some guys saw it and uh, they just like, okay, we might as well just publish it. And I'm like, uh, and my 13 year old version saying, okay, sure thing. I mean, what harm can it do? Uh, the harm being that right now I'm really ashamed to read my first book because they're very childish, but it's <laughs> time for another story. Um, but yeah, no, uh, the, the commonality to be honest. So as I was growing up, I always want, I always heard that, you know, if you make something work, you you do not enjoy it um and i always wanted to keep writing i keep having writing as my baby like you know have something that nobody knows about it's like it's like my midnight secret like which which you know like like the doors closed the curtains are like you know like just just out there and i'm like sitting alone in the dark and i'm like i'm taking out a treasure box and i'm just writing and um it wasn't much later when like some of my friends like i started showing my poems and uh my english teacher started telling me that hey you write really good poems you have like something else and uh yeah my friends were really really um supportive of that and um then 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 you know like the whole writing thing happened um with economics uh to be honest uh i was in 11th grade and i had the best economics teacher the, the one of the coolest ones and that just got me that you know i can live in a world where i love the value of emotions and feelings and how powerful they can be, but also wanted to like hold on to the fact that there are facts and figures and there's science and there's, um, and I'm not to say like, you know, feelings are not science. I mean, uh, that, that's another debate uh, that I wouldn't be getting into, but uh, point being that uh, I really wanted like, you know, like numbers and then, you know, like contributing and being productive and being, you know, just being out there and, you know, creating cultural relevance. For example, uh, 
you know, like the, the things that for, for people say that, hey, if you're a corporate guy, you are not going to create change or you're not going to be able to, you're, you're part of the system. But I actually differ on that. For example, uh, uh, the, 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 the screenwriter or, you know, like the storyline story line writer of maybe Friends, like the TV show that we all heard of. I'm pretty sure he must have been like just a corporate guy who's just, just content writing and script writing. Uh, flash forward to now, he has saved millions of life. He is, he's a cultural phenomena in popular culture and in uh, rooms where people are feeling lonely and they want to feel attached to someone. And that's the thing, You're, you, you can make money and still have a purpose in life. Um, and uh, to be honest, I got to enjoy the best of them during my stint at Hopper College, which is like a publishing house, but I was also like a marketing, uh, uh, yeah, like a marketing uh, intern. And um, so, yeah, it was basically like combining like this literature, this like publishing house, and this like economics of like you know, data analytics and marketing and, and just being out there. Um, and uh, yeah, so Hopper Collins, I can never be grateful enough for like, you know, what Hopper Collins did for me. But uh, later I got to like, you know, uh, go for a Penguin Random House, uh, which is always a dream for me. Uh, work at UN for some time, uh, then attend LSE for summer semester. And I think, like these experiences just start, do just taught me that, uh, and since like you know, like writing had so much big of a part to play in all of these uh, works that I did, it, it only complemented. It was it was never something that was separate or you know just existed in isolation. I never intended it to, but it has complemented my career up till now. I mean, for anything, it's it's really good to say in an interview that, hey, you know, like I'm an author or something. Yeah, no. So, 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 so let me, let me ask you a tangential question there because I've been mm. in and around artificial intelligence for salespeople mm. for the last three or four years. And I'm seeing that AI could and likely will have a bigger impact on the world than the internet did. Right, because the internet's the transport, the, the the layer to get things out. But AI mm-hmm. intelligence sitting on top could have a bigger mm-hmm. impact. In your studies in economics and with the work at the UN and all these different places, what are mm-hmm. your thoughts on AI? Will it? I mean, could it get to a point where it could actually help us feed the hungry, solve? I mean, you know, there's so many big problems that need to be solved: curing cancer. Um, much less uh, the COVID situation. <laughs> we could, but, no, know, I thoughts on AI? Will that change the world mm. and when? That's a very interesting and relevant question. I just was just watching the social dilemma, the like on Netflix recently. Have you watched it? Yes. Uh, oh, so now I think you have now have an idea of where I'm going right now. Then, but uh, so you know, like first of all, like for the first part of your question, that hey, are you, do you think? Uh, through AI, we are going to be able to uh, feed the poor. Uh, I, I would say that yes, because you already have been. Um, I, AI is everywhere. Like uh, I think one of the reasons that corporations make money and they're like so much investment in technology is, uh, yeah, because I, I, AI is everywhere. Like you know, like for security, for uh, you know, like people, people. Get, your iPhone. I think that that's 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 as AI that it gets. Like Siri really recognizes my voice. I think it's like a person. You know, like it's like a cat or a dog who who wouldn't like you know at first like recognize me, but then the more I spoke, the more they got like clearer of my accent, and now they can understand clearly what I say. And that's just AI. So, uh, and I'm uh, obviously AI is being used in literary farming. Uh, 
it's, it's everywhere. And uh, so, so the good aspects of AI is never to be doubted. It's, it's something that's always been brought out. And, and it's always been rightly brought out because uh, AI can it does the wonders and has been doing wonders and will uh, keep doing wonders. However, um, we should not forget that everything comes with like the other side of the coin. Um, you know, for example, in marketing, uh, for example, social media, uh, th there's a lot of ethical questions that come in. For example, uh, if I'm like if I'm handling Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, I am making people spend more time on the screens than they should. And, uh, um, and, and, and it, it, it's going to be like, hey, is then you're, you're making like, you're just people say to yourself, or are you lying about what your products are? Or are you not like, for example, um, you know, just like targeted marketing, like personalizing that, hey, I'm going to like know where com which company is or which company you work for or which university do you go to? Or if you live in UK, because, okay, if you live in UK, then I know that uh, you might be able to attend this uh, this uh, conference in London and you're, you're working for a good company. So maybe that's like even more chances. And then I'm just going to like push my agenda on you. That's loss of privacy. I am not making any big statements about the big techs or anything. It's just that things have need to be regulated. And in the meantime, what we can do in the, as individuals is obviously to create pressure on it, but also make sure that while we're creating money uh, through marketing and sales uh, and using AI to a very large extent, um, because for example, like, you know, if you Google something right now, and if, if I Google something right now for the exact same keywords, they're going to give different results. Reason being, they know about what I like and what about you like, and this has also been creating a lot of information bubbles and these information bubbles. And you're like, think that, okay, what, what is wrong with these information bubbles? But you know, it, it, it leads to segregation. It leads to, you're thinking that you only, you're right. I'm thinking I'm only right. And, uh, this creates a very huge difference of opinion. Um, and that's something that I always say that that's the reason you need to uh, read magazines, like like hard copy magazines, because at least they're not coming out of like, the people do not know you that you're going to read it. So that's why they've made it particularly for you. Everybody else is going to read it. So that, that actually forms a commonality. And if you want to like live in peace where the world is getting divided each day, um, AI should be able to at least not worsen it, which it has been. Oh. Yeah, I so, love it. Like I talked to a managing director from a company who's building a news app that mm -hmm. imagine if it if around CNN or Fox or BBC or whatever, if you had mm -hmm. the ability to crowdsource fact checkers that were, mm -hmm. you know, legitimate fact checkers that could say, mm -hmm. hey, this one has 98 thumbs up and two mm -hmm. thumbs down and they're all mm -hmm. legitimized fact checkers, that'd be a pretty mm -hmm. cool thing while I'm watching a newscast. Uh, mm -hmm. speaking about a certain topic, but I love your idea about actually buying mm -hmm. physical magazines. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, for uh, time purposes, I want to make sure we get to the big question. And that is, we all experience something that's challenge in life. It might mm -hmm. feel like a gut punch or a slap to the face sometimes. Um, is there one you're comfortable sharing where you just said, you know what, this sucked at the time, but now looking back, um, it was actually something that needed to happen and I'm better for it. What's that for you? I, uh, I, I think I sleep every night with that thought, to be honest. And reason being, um, 
which I have. So, okay, little context. Uh, I did a lot of like extracurricular and like, you know, a lot of academic work in 11th and 12th, like grade. And, you know, you might think that, okay, it's just like too much for like, you know, high school kid, how, like how, how can a high school get, get like, you know, get too much into stuff, but it does, right? Uh, you have a lot of social life. You don't know how the world's going. It's a lot of like drama at high school. And um, yeah, I dropped out of 12th. I dropped, uh, I remember I was not able to give my exam because my hands were shaking. Um, I stayed for a year, which was, I, I tried to like, you know, get myself back and uh, uh, try to like, just figure things out. Like, you know, you, you have all of these notions that, hey, are, are things forever? What are people? How do you define friends? Are best friends supposed to be forever? Everything, like it's just, it's all question. To be honest, if you ask me still, remains a question mark, but I think I've accepted the fact that I will never have the answers to these, but like rather have to like experience these. And I think that's the wisdom that, you know, over the years that I've been able to get. Um, but yeah, I was diagnosed with uh, like yeah, clinical depression and anxiety. And uh, that also caused uh, a lot of troubles during my college life. I really love my college. It was my, like, my dream university, my undergrad, um, Ashoka University. Uh, however, in the second semester, I needed to drop out to concentrate on myself. And I think I was in, like at an all-time low, like an extremely all-time low. Uh, I didn't know that if I wanted to go back to like my university or like, you know, just, just even get up from the bed. Fun fact, uh, and full circle to this interview, that's how I got, uh, I, I just mailed HarperCollins and they said that, yes, they were looking for an intern. And that changed my life. Wow. If, yeah. If, if, yeah, if that version of me sees this version of me saying that I'm so happy I went through that. I'm pretty sure that version of me would kill, like would, would build a time machine and kill this because it was so much pain. It was so much pain, but I, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm so happy that the fact that when I say, okay, it was so much pain, the, the pros were so, so big that that pain just feels worth it. And I'm just so very grateful for all the pain, the enthusiasm, the, the late nights, the sad cries, the, the breakups, the shouting, the screaming, and all the other happy moments and like all the confusing moments where you're, you don't know where you're heading. You have to be grateful for every moment in your life if you are happy with what you are right now. And I'm so proud to say that I am. Uh, if, if one thing changes, it's just a butterfly effect. You're, 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 you're not, you're, you would have not been where you are right now. Man, so, I love that. That's so deep. It, what, what's kind of helped me the last couple years is that I've got a mom and a dad. They love me. We went to church when we were a kid. And, mm -hmm. you know, my grandparents went to church when we were kids. And mm -hmm. so it was always kind of, you know, brought up, read the Bible, mm -hmm. et cetera. Um, yeah. But to actually realize that my creator made me for a purpose. And so all the painful stuff that you go through, every single thing that happens in your life, it's like all that leads me to where I am now. Better. And then, mm -hmm. yeah, now you're in the moment. If you didn't know pain, then you can't know joy, right? Yes. And it's, it's like it, you just have to go with it and smile and go, wow, this day kind of sucks, but at least mm -hmm. I'm alive and I can drive my car, <laughs> you know, actually, or listen actually. to my iPad, iPod, uh, iTunes on my, on my earpiece. Um, so no, that's, right. that's profound uh, mm -hmm. share that you, that you just, you so so congratulations mm -hmm. for making it through uh, that. 
Um, last question is, what role does faith play in your journey? Mm -mm. Faith has played a lot of like a role in it. Uh, I, I, as a Muslim who's living in India, um, um, I, more, uh, first of all, none of my friends are Muslims. Um, yeah, and, and I think that's, that's the best kind of uh, like environment I've ever been, like, you know, grow up in where like I was able to experience a lot of cultures because India, like let alone just religion, even if you like go from one space, one state to the other, you're just like literally changing countries. Um, yeah, but actually getting back to faith, um, uh, if you see me right now, I do not read Namaz every day. I do not read Quran every day, but there is not, like there isn't any night where I do not sleep uh, reading a few duas, uh, surahs, if you say, like they're like small excerpts from the Quran and uh, just, just thanking God for everything he has done for me because not a lot of people can say that they are happy during a pandemic, can they? Um, uh, their, their, their immediate family is safe. That, and then let alone all of these things that, I, that when I was born, I had eyes that when I was born, I, I had like my legs intact. And even when there were moments where I could have died, I like, like uh, God allowed me to, allow, gave me the strength to, or, or just gave me like, you know, like just allowed to, for me to survive and be where I am right now. Um, and, and that's just the basic. And he gave me so much more. And I, I think of it as my privilege. Um, if you, if you are privileged and you have to have to make sure you stand responsible for it and you try to make the best out of it. Um, if you're not, then you're just ignorant. Uh, but uh, I, I, and, and right now I can say that everything that I do, it, it makes me believe, like I am a very scientific person who's very like, uh, you know, like very, uh, like, uh, I guess, like, you know, like communicating or speaking in very strict sentences, like, okay, everything has to be a premise and then conclusion and like a problem solution, like all of that, uh, a business school student, right? Um, but uh, uh, I, I still would still say, I still say to people that, hey, you know, whatever happens, happens for the best and every bad thing will lead to something that is, uh, that is even better. And you just don't know that it's bad, but you, you you're uh, two years from now you're going to be on the same floor with me and then you're going to be telling me that hey you know you were right like actually like i'm really happy for it right now and and, and you're like uh, people like okay so that, how do you know like in the moment that okay how do you know that everything is going to be fine i'm like because it has happened to me so repeatedly i cannot choose to not believe it so and that and that's what spirituality has and, and religion has done for me. It has made me feel peace within myself that, hey, if I have a problem today, if, if like, you know, if, if, if there's like a cloudburst, I'm like, OK, yeah, that's sad. Uh, and I'm going to like do all my all my best efforts to make sure that, yeah, I, I try to avoid any of these tragedies or like you know, any casualties. But again, I'm like, okay, I mean, God has always chosen the best for me. And I'm pretty sure he is still choosing the best for me. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Wow. Man, what a great conversation. I really thank you for coming on the show today. It's been a pleasure. And uh, no. I always like to talk to someone on the other side of planet Earth every once in a while. So, <laughs> no, no, Chad, like, thank you so much I for having me. I'm going around here soon now that we're able to, uh, to get on airplanes. So Faz, really fabulous talking with you. Thanks for being on the Living Better Story podcast today.
thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for having and it's a really noble cause that you're doing. And uh, please know how, uh, yeah, how inspiring it is to like listen to your podcasts and the faith that you have in people. Uh, it's it's really endearing. Yeah. Mm, man, I appreciate that. Well, I see so much of me in other people that I talk mm-hmm. with, whether, you know, it might be only one one hundredth, but there's mm-hmm. so much similarities that, you know, we, it's almost like we're all one person and it's pretty amazing when you look at the world in, the, in that lens. Right. So exactly. I appreciate you. All right, brother. I appreciate all you right. on the show. Foz, right. if, if people want to get a hold of you, Foz, what would be the best way to reach you? I think Instagram, to be honest. <laughs> so, so my handle is Foz.Yusuf or you could just like, you know, do the Google search or LinkedIn or like, you know, whatever you want to. So my, my spelling would be like, uh, I, I think you may be able to want to see Bill on the screen or if it's like a podcast, the then for sure. Yeah, so it's like F-A-I-Z space Y-U-S-U-F. So yeah, there you have it. Perfect. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining Living Better Story Podcast. We'll catch you on the next one. Thank you for joining us on the You Matter to Christ Podcast. We hope this journey has reminded you of the incredible truth that your life holds immense value and significance to Christ. As you go about your day, may you carry the assurance that no matter what you face, you are deeply cherished and loved. Remember, you matter to Christ. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with others who may benefit from this message. Stay tuned for more transformative episodes where we continue to explore the depth of God's love and grace. Until next time, remember that you are not alone. Christ's love is with you, guiding and strengthening you every step of the way. May your life be filled with hope, purpose, and the knowledge that you matter to Christ. Christ.